Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Editorial Director Tracy Velt to talk about expanding the ranks of Black real estate agents, when it makes sense for an agent to hire an assistant, Ryan Serhant's advice to new agents, and who's going to speak at Gathering of Eagles. Tracy, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about is a podcast that you do. So you do the Real Trending podcast. And this week's episode was with Lydia Pope. She's with Nareb. And tell me a little bit about that because it was really a great interview on creating Black generational wealth through home ownership. Yes. Uh, so Nareb is a National Association of Real Estate Brokers. And I think they've been around for, I think, 70 years or so, like a long time. Um, and they really do a lot of grassroots community outreach to increase Black gener- um, generational wealth. Um, so one of their, they have these pillars that they, they go by. Um, and the pillars are like civic and faith-based. So they work with different civic organizations and the different churches um, all within the community. They partner with them. They partner with the fraternities like Alpha Phi Alpha and fraternities. Um, and then they have a second pillar is really uh, women investing in real estate. So they're very, very focused on investing in real estate um, not just one home, but, you know, buying your next home to to invest and increase your portfolio. Um, they also work with small businesses and um, college students, kind of educating them on the field of real estate. But they also are, are really creating multi-generational wealth. So they have a lot of different conferences. They speak at youth conferences and the colleges and the high school. And they really focus on how to create wealth through homeownership. Um, so that means teaching them about down payment assistance, teaching them about um, you know how, how buying a home works and the advantages of it. Um, and also, obviously, as a career, getting into a career in real estate and the advantages to that. Um, and then they are very, very active in advocacy and, and government relate governmental relations. And they do a lot of work that way, advocating for um, different different programs that might help um, black homeowners or to be homeowners. I think that that's what stood out to me was just the advocacy that they that they do starting in high school and then in, at the college level to really recruit people into the real estate profession and to, you know, they also, you know, want to educate people about, you know, how they can become a homeowner and what that looks like. But really, um, especially in college, like the work that they do to, you know, get people to even think about investing in real estate as a very young person and, you know, building a career in real estate. And I was like, wow, that's such a great time to do that. Because as we know, there's not a, you know, it's not like you can major in real estate at call in college. So the, right. pi- the pipeline, and you don't have to go to college to be in real estate, right? But it's a great place to find, you know, um, some smart people who are really uh, willing to, to start a whole career in something. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, they have different programs that they do for the schools. So they not only have investment programs, but they have financial uh, advice programs as well. So it doesn't just talk about home ownership. They also go into what are some 
um, you know, financial management that you should learn and you should know, which is really something that I think the schools should be teaching anyway, but don't. So they're doing courses on that, um, kind of like, you know, teaching them. Uh, in fact, what she said is that, you know, if they're they're given a bank book, if they had $300 or let's say $1,000, would they buy a car or would they take the bus? You know, do they, are they checking to see what's cheaper in the long run and where they can then save the difference? Um, and, and so they do like a lot of work um, teaching them to be entrepreneurs and um, teaching the students how to how to manage their money um, and, and then eventually have the money to put a down payment on a home and create that generational wealth. You know, that's important for anybody who didn't grow up in a household where, you know, money was talked about a lot or money wasn't invested a lot. That, you know, I grew up in a in a household, my uh, dad was in the military and our whole thought was, you know, I mean, we didn't actually own homes because we lived on military bases and <laughs> we lived in uh, base mm-hmm. housing. Um, and also we didn't, you know, nobody in my family invested in real estate. So it's, it makes such a huge difference. And it's one of the reasons that we see how real estate becomes such a, well, real estate title mortgage, appraisal, it, it all is sort of a family business because you get into it because you know someone in it, you see someone being successful in it, and someone mentors you in those things. Yeah. And one of the things she said is that there's really not a lot of education in those communities, um, you know, in the black communities on how to buy a home or how to be, you know, how to get out of the rental market and into a home and what's, you know, how to save for a home, you know, and, and what are the things that you should be looking at um, to be able to do that. And so they really take it down to, you know, the, the basic levels and go up from there uh, on, on teaching, um, you know, black youth, how to, how to become financially secure. I love that. They also, you know, they have a realtors week that they sponsor and that they're a part of. And they really, in that they go into, like you said, they go into churches, um, they get at a grassroots level. They're really talking to people um, about what it means to, to, you know, own a home, how you get there. And then they really involve lenders in that discussion as well. And I love that because you and I both know that like that partnership between realtors and lenders is more important than ever right now. And that if people are going to be successful in real estate, they need to have those kind of partnerships. And right now, lenders are very open to, you know, uh, shoring up those relationships and really working together as partners to, you know, to get people into homes in this purchase market. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of that also is educating the lenders on lending to Black um, homeowners or potential homeowners and, um, you know, some of the, the historical racism that has been involved in, in lending in the past, um, trying to remove those barriers um, to homeownership and, and kind of having that relationship with a lender to, to really show them, um, you know, what's going on and, and how we can get beyond that. One of the really important things that this group does, just like other, you know, um, industry associations is they do a lot of advocacy work in DC. And we know that, you know, they just came out with their um, annual report, I believe it is on the state of black home ownership. And, you know, we're still, we're, we're down to like 2%. Um, it's really uh, hasn't changed that much despite a lot of other things changing. So what are some of the things that um, she talked about there? Basically, they are. They have very uh, recommendations. They have a, a Sheba report, which is um, talks about the state of uh, black homeownership, and 
the a couple of the different things that they feel like significant action must be taken on is to is to eliminate loan level price adjusters. Um, and they're very, very big into recalculating the impact of student loan debt. And um, because what they said is one of the biggest barriers to black um Black homeowners or potential homeowners is the the amount of student loan debt that they carry. Um, so that's really, really an important advocacy issue that they have right now. Um, leveraging special purpose credit programs and um, eliminating penalty fees for borrowers to access down payment assistance. Those are just a few of the um, advocacy issues that they're really focusing on right now. You know, that student loan debt relief is in such a a weird spot. So I have millennial kids who have student loan debt and, you know, um, it's unclear to them like, okay, so some got canceled and then, you know, before the whole thing was implemented, it kind of got stopped in its tracks. And now it's sort of an open question. What, what's the next step there? And so, you know, did she have any insight into like, this is what they're pushing for? They, I mean, are they looking for total uh, debt relief for, for certain um, students? I mean, what, what is their position? Um, you know what? She didn't really say exactly what their position was. I think they're just looking for relief in some fashion. Um, and, and to me, some of that has to be in the college system itself, um, you know, making college tuition a little more affordable to everyone, um, because right now it's not. Um, so so a lot of the people getting into debt are, are getting into debt because these colleges are not... Um, providing affordable tuition. And, you know, she didn't say that. That's just what I have looked into. And, you know, we've got the, you're right, the student loan um, debt forgiveness. You know, my son is also (laughs) was hoping for that as well. And it's right now kind of on hold. But I think that she didn't really get specific about what they're doing. Um, she kind of referred me to their legislative and advocacy people, and um, you know they weren't on the podcast. So, and you also have a senior, do you not, who's going to college next year? Or I is she do. A junior? Okay, she's so a junior. You're... So yeah, she's a junior, but it's coming fast. Yeah, right in the thick of it. And boy, <laughs> I don't, I don't envy that. I have four kids, and you know, getting them into college and. <laughs> And uh, also just seeing that through is, is uh, you should get a medal at the end of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's switch to some of the topics. Um, I would just uh, tell our listeners, it's, it's a great podcast, Lydia Pope, because uh, the whole, the whole podcast is really informative, I think. So I think that's great. But I also wanted to go into some of the news that uh, we've covered over the last couple of weeks and specifically like what are, again, um, the focus on real trends right now is, you know, news, but also information about how real estate agents are persisting in this market, how they're finding business, how they're growing their business. So one of the things that caught my eye was um, the real estate coach, Donna Stott, and she was talking about, you know, should should you hire an assistant? Um, hiring, training, paying your new assistant, what does that look like? And I saw a lot of chatter or, you know, talk about this on social sites at the beginning of the year, because people were really like, how can I be more efficient this year? What makes sense? And hiring an assistant was right up there. So what are some of the things that she says about that? Yeah, you know, I think the the biggest thing a lot of real estate agents go through is they're grinding, 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 and they don't feel like they could afford to hire an assistant. Um, and they just aren't really sure where to start. Like how, how many sales do I have to have before it makes sense for me to have an assistant? 
And one of the things that she really discussed is, is, you know, you have to consider the value of each of your activities. So uh, maybe filling out routine paperwork might be $20 an hour, but, you know, doing the actual sales might be $2,000 an hour. And that's a huge swing in value. So you cannot become overwhelmed with the many hats that you have to wear. You really have to, to reach higher profitability, you really need to consider hiring an assistant. That doesn't mean you have to hire a full-time assistant. It could be as simple as, you know, five hours a week at first handling all of those um, activities that don't generate money. So they're the more administrative um, activities. And, you know, she said that she's got, she had one agent was doing about 20 sales per year, um, working 16 hours a day and no vacations. And she, you know, was totally burned out. And a few years later, she was at over 100 sales per year and was taking vacations and successful and not burned out. And it was all because she hired an assistant. She was really not able to get over a certain threshold until she did. So a lot of times, yes, you're going to see the in the very beginning that, um, you know, you're going to have to outlay that expense. But in the long term, and maybe not even that long, maybe six months down the road, it will pay for itself and your business will, will you'll generate more business um, than you thought possible. And so she, she talks a lot about that. And she said, you, you know, you could put away a certain amount every month um, for a few months until you're ready to hire someone and have that kind of, as, you know, realize that you actually can do it. So calculate what you might be spending in an assistant Put that in a savings account every month. And then um, once you're comfortable with that, go ahead and hire someone. And um, she feels very strongly that that having an assistant is important. And, you know, you, you do have to plan on spending the time training that person as well. Um, I thought this was a really uh, informative Q&A because she gets down into the weeds there of like, listen, this is kind of the threshold of what makes sense. Um, and this is what you're going to, you know, about what you're going to pay. I thought it was a really great q and A. I also think, you know, when you think about why most people go into real estate or mortgage or whatever, is they, they want a little bit more control over their schedule. And it is always the question of how do you scale? There's only one you. And, you know, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week doesn't really sound like the life that most people are signing up for, I think, um, when they're looking to become a real estate agent. So I think it's a really a, a great read about setting priorities and figuring out how to be able to do the really, uh, you know, high value tasks that you need to do and, and outsource some of those others. Yeah. And, and there are different, you could get creative with how you're paying as well. It could be a small salary and then a bonus for each listing taken or sale closed. Um, so there are, there are different creative ways to, to pay an assistant as well. And she goes over some of those ways in the article. I think it's so interesting because you and I um, have talked and you've been reporting on this for so long is like the whole commission structure, how people make money in real estate um, has, you know, has been threatened this year or, or um, challenged this year. There's a lot of things going on with that. And this is just another interesting part of that discussion. I feel like is like, how do you want to run a business? How do you want to operate within a real estate business? Do you want to run it on your own? Do you want to be part of a brokerage? Do you, you know, like what part of this makes sense for the individual person? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, for a lot of them, it's building a team, whether it's just a team of other salespeople working with them or administrative people, um, you know, as you as you get, go along in your career and scale your business, it's you have to do it and you have to plan plan it ahead of time how you're going to organize that that team, however you define it. That leads me into my next, the next story I wanted to talk about, which is with one of our uh, favorite guys, Ryan Serhant, on managing your 2023 finances. And again, he goes into some really basic budgeting skills and and how an agent can succeed in a down market. So would love to pick your brain about what he had to say. Yeah, now his um, his whole thing is is about diversifying your income streams. So, you know, making money in a lot of different ways, which of course you think, of course he could do that. He's famous. He sells books. He hosts podcasts. He's active on social media. He has educational courses. Um, But as an agent, there are things that you can do um, to diversify your income. And there are a lot of teams that have already done it and they've done it through core services or concierge um, programs and, and things like that, um, you know, maybe you become a content creator that revolves around real estate and you do end up creating a stream of income through that. So there are, you know, it's it's all about first managing your expenses and then um, figuring out other ways to create income streams. And and for brokers, it's, it's the same. Um you know, we've we have got brokers who have decided to create property management um, arms because that's more of a, they're kind of market proofing their business. That one isn't as subjective to the whims of the market. Um, core services, you know, mortgage title, and then um, a big one coming up is concierge services. Whether that's taking a home and fixing it up to sell, or it's um, you know, just other services that you're offering with moving, like, uh, you know, forwarding their mail and uh, getting their address changed and hooking up their utilities, um, you know, anything that they, that will provide value to the consumer and an, an additional revenue stream to the, to the brokerage or the agent is um, really popular right now in this market. It is. And in this way, uh, Ryan really practices what he preaches. We had him as a as one of our headline speakers, Housing Wire Annual. And the thing that just was so striking is the fact that, um, you know, he was taking rental clients. So, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all know a million dollar listing and all that. I mean, he's he's a big star, but like he answered the phone and he's like, yes, I will show you rental properties because that's, you know, that's where the business was. I mean, that's mm-hmm. this year. That was in 2021. Uh, I'm yep. sorry, 2022. He mm-hmm. answered, he's answering the phone. He's taking people on to, to look at rental properties. And then some of those people ended up being incredible clients for him in 2022. So this wasn't like, oh, 10 years ago when he started or 15 years ago, this was 2022. He was doing that. And I was so struck by that. He is definitely a person who's hustling and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Yeah, because you never know where your next sale is going to come from. If you know you're you've got, I think he told the story of someone who said they wanted a rental and ended up buying in a completely different state a luxury property. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where they always tell you set your boundaries and say no and know how to say no. Um, but in real estate, sometimes it pays just to say yes and um, do some of the things that you really didn't think you wanted to do. And it could lead to um, more business down the road. 
I, I really loved that. He was so inspiring that way. Um, he also had advice in that Q&A about, um, you know, h- how do agents kind of manage their money and the, and the rule of thirds, right? So, um, you know, one third of the commission check goes into a savings account for tax season, one third pays yourself and one third gets reinvested into the business. And it's, you know, obviously you have to be making enough on that commission check to to pay your, you know, to, to uh, support yourself that way. But I think it's really important because as he said, one of the things that rookie real estate agents make the mistake of doing is they don't put money away for taxes. Yes, absolutely. I've heard from more than one agent who uh, found out their tax bill at the end of the year, you know, did not pay quarterly, found out their tax bill at the end of the year and um, were shocked. So it's definitely something that that they need to be planning for year round and putting every single commission check, um, a portion of it should be put away into an account for those those taxes. That's such a hard lesson for all of us who have been freelance or in any way, you know, run your own business. It's like it, it will come back to, to haunt you. Well, speaking of Ryan and him being a headline speaker, I would love to talk to you about Gathering of Eagles this year, which is in June. And here we are in January already, halfway through January. So tell us what we have in store for Gathering of Eagles this year, which we should say what year is this for Gathering of Eagles? You guys have been doing this for a couple oh, decades. Yes. I think it's the 30 something year. So yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Um, we've got some great panels and speakers coming up at this one. Um, our keynote is Mike Staver. And for those, a lot of people in the industry do know him. Um, but he, what he really has the ability to do is kind of break down leadership and really kind of help leaders kind of confront reality, take responsibility, take action, be innovative. And he's super inspiring. Um, he's going to be our keynote this year. Uh, we've got a lot of different panels, though, set up to really get into the weeds um, and the business aspects of a brokerage. Uh, one of those is a fresh look at containing operating costs. We've got a panel of CFOs um, from brokerages around the country talking to them about how they're reducing their operating expenses, where they're, um, how they're determining their priorities and how they're boosting their margins in today's market. And I think that will be a really interesting one. Um, Katie Johnson, uh, the general counsel of the National Association of Realtors, will be talking about navigating today's legal issues. So we'll talk about the um, lawsuits that are threatening current brokerage models and how real estate leaders can position themselves for change um, and kind of piggybacking on that is preparing your brokerage for f- future prosperity. And, you know, a lot of these markets really um, end up being uh, markets of change. A lot of innovation comes out of markets like today. And so we're going to speak to several different um, kind of what I call trailblazers to find out how they're preparing for tomorrow to build profitability. Um, And I think that'll be really interesting, um, you know, talking about some of the different business models that are that are out there um, and some of the future potential models. Um, And the biggest one we have is our CEO playbook. We've got eight different real estate leaders who are going to talk to us about everything from effectively running a core services operation to what makes a brokerage valuable to rethinking your in-house tech platform. Miles Nadal with Peerage Capital will be there, Peerage Realty. Um, we've got Nick Bailey 
from uh, Remax, and we've got Jessica Edgerton with Leading Real Estate Companies of the World. Um, and you know, we'll have quite a few more from there. But uh, we've got a lot of really great things going on. Um, you know, including housing market updates from Mike Simonson of Altos and um, Logan Matashami with Housing Wire doing some economic and housing market um, outlooks for us. That is an incredible lineup. And I know that uh, both Logan and Mike are going to be super popular with this audience. Logan's session last year was amazing um, and had a lot of great feedback. And I know People in the real estate space are very familiar with Mike um, and his Altos data. So it's going to be amazing. Remind us of the dates of that. Yes, it is June 19th is our deal makers. And then the 20th, 21st, and 22nd is the gathering of Eagles. Um, and it is in Austin, Texas at the Omni Barton Creek. You can find out about it at realtrends.com. That's a really nice uh, resort sort of location in Austin. It's, it's, it's a great place. I've been there. People will love it. And Gathering of Eagles is specifically set up for lots of uh, networking time. And it, it almost just feels like networking doesn't even describe what happens at Gathering of Eagles. It feels like a family reunion uh, where the family is really open to new members. So, you know, I've been to two now and this was uh, new for me. And just the way that, you know, as you're sitting around a table, they're really welcoming in the people who they're there for the first time. But then you have those people who've been going for decades and it's a pretty amazing deep bench of people to be in the room with. So I would encourage anyone who's in real estate who wants to further their career, that is a great place to be. Yes, it's specifically for um, brokerage leaders, association leaders, team leaders, um, C-suite executives. Um, we do keep it exclusive, um, and it's a um, you know a, a we keep it on the smaller side so that we encourage a lot of networking and one-on-one -on -one and a lot of meetings. A lot of deals get done at these uh, at the gathering of eagles, and um, it's just a great place to network with brokers from a bunch of different business models, different companies who all are open to sharing the wealth of knowledge that they have. And the speakers are great too. So I would encourage everyone to check that out. Tracy, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW+, membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to HousingWire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.